Genesis. The beginning. We will have a look at it, how it happened. He spoke. And then, the result, it was there. How man was created, human beings. We will have a look how the problems started in the Garden of Eden. And we will have a look how the different languages developed. And how this earth was destroyed by a flood. And everything what we can see now in nature, land, it's came to see. It's a product of this flood. And then how God created Abraham. It's a wonderful journey we are traveling. So I invite you to be with us. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Grace be with you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Our story about the book of Genesis, we read in Lesson 8, The Promise. Our memory text for this week, Now Abraham was old, well advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in all things. Now he is 128 years. Well advanced in age, the Lord had blessed him in all things. But the toughest experience, the most difficult experience he had to master in his old age, at the age of 120. In the end, he had got a son, as these three strangers had foretold. And when we discovered the three strangers who had got food and drink by Abraham and Sarah, these three were two angels and Jesus. And they had told him in a year, Sarah will become a baby child, a baby son. And this son, Isaac, Isaac, he was the heir of the camp, of all the cattle, all the servants. And Abraham and Sarah, they, they kept their eye on this child, <laughs> that it survives, and that nothing, and nobody will do him any harm or so. But when this baby grew up and became a boy of a youngster of 20 years, and so he's the, the heir, the new star in the camp. Then 
Abraham had a vision, and in this vision something happened. He heard words he couldn't believe his ears. But it was crystal clear, and, and it was a shock for him. It was such a shock. But Abraham obeyed, and I am stunned. I'm astonished how he could act in this way. I, I'm sure I, I, I am not able to do such a thing, a thing as Abraham was asked to do. Yeah, we will have a close look at this. Let's go deeper into the story. Mount Moria. In Genesis chapter 22, we read the following. And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham. And he said, Behold, here I am. I like this, that you are called by name. And God wants to get your attention so that you say, Here I am. You answer when you hear your name, that it is called. Don't, what are God's words? Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, your only son, whom you love, and get you into the land of Moria, and, and now the shock, offer him there for a burnt offering. What? Offer him there for a burnt offering, the twenty-year-old youngster, upon one of the mountains which I will tell you of. That's the command. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and settled his ass and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. He obeys the command. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide you here with the ass, and I and the lad will go yonder, and worship, and come again to you. So they separate, two and two. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and they went both of them together, speechless. Isaac doesn't know what's going on. Only Abraham knows it. And Isaac spoke unto Abraham his father and said, My father. 
And he said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood. But uh, <clears throat> uh, where is the lamb for a burnt offering? <laughs> Good question. We need three things. Fire, wood, and the offering. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So, they went both of them together, speechless. And when they came there, Isaac was told that he was to be the lamb, the burnt offering. And Isaac was willing to do so. And Abraham thought, God will resurrect him. And therefore, he started killing him. But in the moment, he took his, his knife. God said, it's enough. Okay, you can stop here. And he found a burnt offering. And it was sacrificed. God will provide. We read in chapter 22 of Genesis, in verse 13, And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold behind him a ram, caught in a thicket by his horns, and Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. And then we read, and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time. So the first time was, go to this mountain and offer your son as a burnt offering. And now, by myself have I sworn, says the Lord, for because you have done this thing, and, has n and you have not withheld your son, your only son, that in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying, I will multiply your seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore, and your seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed, because, and now we hear the reason, because you have obeyed my voice. Interesting. Because you have obeyed my voice. That's it. That's the point. Because you have obeyed my voice. He trusted. He trusted in God. He, he was willing to kill his son. Thinking God is able to resurrect him. And Isaac. He was willing to be bound and being led on this altar. Imagine, the father is 120, the son is 20. 
And when he has heard what, what, what's going on, if I am Isaac, I would run down this mountain as fast as my feet can run. My legs can run. So I, 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 could, I, I would run as I've never run before. But he's willing. He's willing to be burned. Hoping God will resurrect me. Now, isn't that interesting? What a, a, a real trust in God. That's, that's enormous. I do not know any other story. Being of the same level of quality and trusting. It's enormous. It's, it's just unbelievable. But it happened exactly in this. The death of Sarah. In chapter 23 we read, And Sarah was 107 and 20 years old. 127. These were the years of the life of Sarah. That's the only text in the Bible where we are told how old a woman was at the day of her death. The only text. And it's of Sarah. It's interesting. 127 years. And Sarah died in Kiet Abba, the same as Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abram came to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. So when she was 127, he was 137 years of age. How long they had been married for such a long time. And Abram stood up from before his dead and spoke unto the sons of Herod, saying, I am a stranger and a sojourner with you. He, he did not possess a, a single piece of land over there. Nothing. Not, not as much as a hand. <laughs> Nothing at all. And he said to these people there living there, Give me possession of a burying place with you that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And the children of Heth answered Abraham, saying, Hear us, my Lord, you are a mighty prince among us. So he is honored. In the choice of our sepulchres, bury your dead. None of us shall withhold from you his sepulchre, but that you may bury your dead. And Abraham stood up and bowed himself to the people of the land. It's an interesting aspect, isn't it? He bowed himself. Even to the children of Heth. And he communed with them, saying, If it be your mind that I should bury my dead out of my sight, hear me, and entreat for me to Ephron, the son of Tzuah, that he might give me the cave of Machpelah, which he has, which is in the end of his field, 
For as much money as it is worth, he shall give it me for a possession of a burying place amongst you. And Ephraim dwelt among the children of Heth. And Ephraim, he did answer Abraham in the audience of the children of Heth, even of all that went in at the gate of his city, saying, No, my Lord, hear me. The field I give you, and the cave that is therein, I give it to you. In the presence of the sons of my people, I give it to you, bury your dead. He wanted to give him the cave as a present. Oh, that's honoring Abraham. But Abraham bowed himself down before the people of the land, and he spoke unto Ephron in the audience of the people of the land, saying, But if you will give it, I pray you hear me, I will give you money for the field. Take it of me, and I will bury my dead there. And then he stole one, 400 shekels of silver, and he bought it. It was the only land, piece of land Abraham possessed in the land of Canaan, the cave with Sarah, his wife. A wife for Isaac. Now this is the next point in the story. Sarah is dead and Isaac is the only son and if he does not marry, there will be no other son in the next generation. So finding the best wife for Isaac. And all the people around there, all the female people, they are of different religion and of different nations. And Abraham wants someone from the relatives who live in Haran hundreds of miles away. And he sent his best servant to find a female lady for his son Isaac. And this servant is a very wise man. He goes there takes ten camels with him and men, servants. And he thinks about his command, about the command of his, of Abraham. And when he thinks over it, he, he discovers, how can I know which one is the best? Who is the best lady over there? of the relatives in Haran. And then he has the following idea, and he prays for that. When he comes to the well, where all the people come there, a well is <laughs> like a restaurant at the highway. So all people who come there, they need water. And he prays in the following way. When a lady comes, and I ask her for water, and she by herself, without asking her, will say, Okay, you've got here ten camels. I'm willing to give them water as well. 
but you must imagine a camel. <laughs> Have you ever seen how much water a camel drinks when it hasn't drunk for a long time? <laughs> Hundreds of liters it can swallow. And <laughs> who will speak like that? You must be silly, or won't you? Ten camels saying, without being ordered or asked, I will do it just as a friendly gesture. And for Eliza it is clear. If a lady is willing to do the weed without asking her for this kindness, then she will be the right person, of course. But who will find such a lady? And then someone comes, a young one. And Eliza asks her, and she says, okay, I will give you drink, to drink, and I will be the one giving the drink to the camels as well. And then he knows, there, she, she is it. She is it. And Rebecca will be the one. A wife for Abraham. Now Isaac has got a wife. And Abraham, yeah, he is old, well stricken in age, as the Bible writes it. And the time will come when Abraham takes a wife. We read in chapter 25, then again Abraham took a wife and her name was Keturah. And then she bore him one, two, three, four, five, six sons. And then we read all the children of those. And in verse 5, And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac. But unto the sons of the concubines, which Abraham had, Abraham gave gifts and sent them away from Isaac his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. So he made a difference between the son he had with Sarai and the sons he had with Keturah. He sends them away. And these are the days of the years of Abraham's life which he lived. A hundred, three, score and fifteen years. So one hundred Seventy-five. That's, that's a lot of years. 175. So it was 137 when his wife died. Imagine, some people don't live even so long as he lived longer than his wife. It was a race that lived a long, long time. They, they were strong in the beginning much stronger than we are. Yeah, and where? Where is he buried? Verse 9, his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah. 
In the field of Evran, the son of Sohar the Hittite, which is before Mamre. The field which Abram purchased of the sons of Heth. There was Abram buried, and Sarah, his wife. He is buried in the same cave where Sarah was buried. So this small piece of land, just this cave, was the only possession the people of Israel had up to this time. So he is the father of all the Israelites, and it started with a small piece of land, a cave. That was all. And all the other land where they went around, it, did, it was not in their possession. They just let their cattle go around and eat grass and so on, but it did not it was not in their possession. It did not belong to them. It was someone else's possession. And Abraham died possessing only this cave. Nothing else in the promised land. Interesting, isn't it? Summary. We read from Alan T. White, Testimonies for the Church, Volume 3, page 369. Isaac was a figure of the Son of God. Wow! Who was offered a sacrifice for the sins of the world. Ah, therefore, he should be a figure. A simile. God would impress upon Abraham the gospel of salvation to man. In order to do this and make the truth a reality to him, as well as to test his faith, he required him to slay his darling Isaac. All the sorrow and agony that Abraham endured through that dark and fearful trial. What was it for? were for the purpose of deeply impressing upon his understanding the plan of redemption for fallen man. Because God had to give his only beloved son, Jesus Christ, to save the human beings. It was something which should be impressed on the people's minds. He was made to understand in his own experience how unutterable was the self-denial of the infinite God in giving his own son to die to rescue men from utter ruin. But when Jesus was on the cross. There was no ram found in the thorns that could be a substitute for the Son of Man. For God's Son, there was no substitute. He had to bear the guilt, the sins of mankind. 
To Abraham, no mental torture could be equal to that which he endured in obeying the divine command to sacrifice his son. And in Patriarchs and Prophets, bound, she write on page 171, we read, Abraham, Abraham had become an old man and ex expected soon to die, but, but he, did not, he did not die at this age. Yet one act remained for him to do in securing the fulfillment of the promise to his posterity. Isaac was the one divinely appointed to succeed him as the keeper of the law of God and the father of the chosen people, but he was yet unmarried. The inhabitants of Canaan were given to idolatry, and God had forbidden intermarriage between his people and them, knowing that such marriages would lead to apostasy. The patriarch feared the effect of the corrupting influences surrounding his son. In the mind of Abraham, the choice of a wife for his son was a matter of grave importance. He was anxious to have him marry one who would not lead him from God. Isaac, trusting to his father's wisdom and affection, was satisfied to commit the matter to him, believing also that God himself would direct in the choice made. What a trusting son.